So one of my favorite scriptures. Jacob wrestling with who? That is this question that has stunned the Jewish community. They have questioned who it is for many of centuries. Let's see if we can... Our brother talked about it where he said that Jacob wrestled with the man, right? Some say it's an angel. How about I tell you there's no way on earth, no pun intended, that it's an angel. How do I know that? No, it says that's an angel, actually, right? But can it be an angel? Jacob didn't think it was an angel. Jacob thought it was who? God. So why does this come into question? Why is there a question of who this being was? Was it just a man? Was it an angel? Or was it Yeshua, a, a pre-incarnate uh, of Yeshua? So how many of you think it was just a man? Raise your hand. Let's take some... No one believes it's a man. How about an angel? Come on, there's a couple of you out there. The rest of you all just don't want to put your hands up, right? So how do we know it's not an angel? There's a clue in the Word. And that clue is that after they're done wrestling, what does he say to them? Bless me. I have a question for you. Where in the Bible do we see angels blessing people? Nowhere. So what does that mean? Angels can do a lot of things, can't they? They're pretty cool, you've got to admit. They can change looks, right? They walk with God, they praise God. They are His messenger, right? But they, one thing they cannot do is bless. So what does that mean that that one thing was not? It was not an angel. And man, the rabbis, traditional rabbis, hate this scripture. They, they, it's funny, when I'm reading, you know, you, you, you like to read and see what others say, they will go around the subject on this one. They just ignore it. Because if they can't, you know, if you, if you, you know, oh, it's an angel. Well, no, but wait, you yourself say it can't be an angel because angels don't bless. And we can't see the face of God and live, right? How do we know that? The scripture says it, right? No man has seen God's face and live. But yet, he calls it Penel. I saw the face of God and lived. Now, I have one question for you. There's only one face of God that we can see and live. And who is that? Yeshua, right? When, Yeshua, when God came down in the form of a man, Yeshua was that person. So this has to be a precarnate of Yeshua. Because guess what? What do we know that Yeshua can do and did do? He blessed people all over the place, didn't he? Right? So we know that this being was Yeshua. And Jacob wrestled with him. You know why he wrestled with him? 
Because his faith in God's word wasn't strong enough. Now why do I say that? When we read this week's Torah portion, what starts happening? He's, you know, Jacob's getting ready to go back to see his brother Esau, right? Why was he so worried about going back to see his brother? Why would he want to kill him? Why did Esau want to kill him? Because he stole everything from him, right? Stole the birthright, stole the what? Blessing from his dad, right? See, we, we can bless our children, right? See, it could have been a man. But a man doesn't change your name, does it? That's only a God thing, right? So we see here that when he's dealing with the situation, he's going back to see his brother. And how many times in our lives do we build up situations and make them worse than they are? Come on. Right? Especially as a kid. My mom's going to kill me. How many times did that thought go through your mind? Worst one was my dad's going to kill me. Right? Then you're really in trouble. But usually it wasn't as bad as you thought, was it? We build up these situations in our mind. So what does Jacob do? He's going to go see his brother. He's going to butter him up. He sends him all the cattle, all the sheep. That's a big thing back then, right? That's a, Calvin's not here today, but if he's watching, that's like sending some Bitcoin, right? Yeah, who knows what Bitcoin is? All right, good. Only about half a dozen of y'all. Right? It's like sending someone gold and silver, right? And give them everything you have. Make them feel good. What's the next thing that he started to do? He started to pray to the Lord. Lord, find favor. He tried to remind God of what the promise that he had already given him that God would bless him. Here's the thing. Does God go back on his word? So why do we think that God would? We need to trust in the Lord. When God puts something on your heart and it is confirmed, man, go forward. Don't worry about how you're going to get there. Let the Lord guide you, right? Too many times we try to put obstacles in the way. He's, Jacob's going back thinking his brother's going to hate him. And he's reminding the Lord, right? Then he gets ready for battle when he hears that his brother's coming with 400 men. His brother can come whoop his butt. That's what's going through Jacob's mind, right? But yet, what happens when he sees him? He runs up to him, weeping, and glad to see him. You know, a lot of us just celebrated Thanksgiving. How many of y'all did it with family? Some of those times weren't easy, were they? There might be a relative that you're not too fond of or had issues in the past. But you know what? They're blood, aren't they? There's an old saying, blood is thicker than water. And you've got to get in there and get over it. Because it's still family. Esau had realized that. Matter of fact, when he saw his brother, he said, why did you send all that stuff? And he's like, well, I was trying to appease you. And he's like, man, I don't need your stuff. i got plenty of my own. God bless, see, he's like, God bless me. Why am I worried? Too many times we try to deal with and figure out God's plan 
our own way and it doesn't work. Too many times we wrestle with God. How many of you are wrestling with God and man today? God's telling you to do something and you haven't done it. Or you try to make excuses, right? Let's face it, we, you know, we have great you know, body of proof of men who try to get out of what God wants them to do. Moses is a great example, right? Come on. God says, I want you to go, oh, I'm slow of speech. God, I can see God rolling his eyes now. Right. I'll send your brother, right? How about Jonah? Man, talk about, here's a man who is called to become one of the great prophets of all time. Could you imagine being him? And God calls you up. And immediately, you, you, you come on, face it, your head, you, you would get a swollen head, right? You can be known as the grace of Moses, Abraham, Jonah, responsible for killing every man, woman, and child in the city of Nineveh. Yay. Not exactly what you want to be known for, right? He runs from God. He says, God, do you want me to go this way? I'm going that way. Stage left. He gets on a boat. He's out in the middle of the water, right? That boat's getting ready to crash. The sailors can't figure out what's going on. What does he finally say? It's my fault. What do they do? They throw him overboard. <laughs> Lesson from that. Do not admit that when you're in the boat and there's no other way to get out, right? He then gets swallowed up by a giant fish that, does, that takes some hold, doesn't even eat him. And three days later, he's plopped out on the, on the ocean shore, right? First of all, I think one of the reasons why they all got saved is he probably smelled really bad. He probably didn't look too good, too, having all that acid on him from the inside of the stomach of the fish. God knew what he was doing, right? He probably scared the people. That's real, the real reason why they all came to know him, right? Could you imagine? He gave, let's face it, he gave the shortest sermon known to man. He walked out into the middle of that city and said, in 30 days, God's wiping you off the face of the earth. Amen. And what happened? From the king down to the peasant, repented and turned to God. And you know what the really neat thing about that is? The city of Nineveh was not a Jewish city. Those were Gentiles. Wait, it's in the Old Testament. Gentiles receiving God. See, that's the neat plan. God just lays it all out, doesn't he? See, God wants everyone to come to him. We can't be afraid of what God is calling us to do. When we started this congregation, man, it was a leap of faith. We didn't do it the normal way. You know how most congregations and churches start? They'll get a little home group, right? All your brothers and sisters, your aunts and uncles. Hopefully you're a good preacher, right? And after a while you get some other friends. When you have enough people, you try to rent some place and try to grow. 
and in umpteen years you get your own building. We believed when we were praying that the Lord said we were going to have our building fast. Had we, we didn't start with a home group. We met in a church down the road. We had a worship team. We did a music and liturgy and said, see you next week. And the congregation grew from there. When we went to go get our loan for our building, how many of you ever, more of the older people in this one, had to be on the church loan? Remember, you had a, remember that? They would have to have people sign up. And you know what? Back in the day, you could do that, 60s and 70s. You know why? People didn't move, did they? And those people, you know what it means when you were to sign, be a signer on the loan? That meant if that congregation defaulted, guess who they're coming after? Your pocket, right? I said, no way will I ever make somebody do that. We went and met and started talking to people about buying this building. And the church of God backed our loan entirely. Not one person had to sign for us. We started with 30 people as a congregation in this building. And I'll never forget when we went to go get this building, the church of God said, we have a church that we want to rent from you, and they will pay you $1,500 a month. Back then, that was about the cost of our mortgage. It almost paid our mortgage. See, God had a plan. We had no plan. Because humanly possible, it wasn't going to happen. But we trusted in the Lord. If you ever go down to the kitchen, look at the sink we have in the kitchen. Do you know we owned that sink before we owned this building? We didn't know we were going to need a sink. We wouldn't have thought about it. Lord put on our heart. We, I saw an ad and the Lord said, buy it. That sink cost us 125 bucks. You know what those sinks go for? Used? 800 to 1,000. So we had the kitchen sink before we had the kitchen. We got to trust in the Lord. Don't be afraid of what He has in store. You know, we're reaching people now around the world through the internet. We were one of the first Messianic congregations to even have internet. We were the first Messianic congregation to have our own app. How many of y'all know we have an app? Beth, I don't know. If you don't have it, lock it up, put it on your phone. There's an app for that. It's free. I'll tell you a little story. We had an app before my brother's ministry had an app. That made my brother a little upset. Because if you haven't figured out yet, his ministry is a lot bigger than ours. I'm talking about the American Center for Law and Justice. And I happened to be at that meeting when they were discussing it. We were at an NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, when we had our radio show. And my brother said, come to the meeting. This was really neat to see that kind of meeting. I mean, we had whole groups of, you know, video guys and app people. And they're sitting there, my brother Gary, who's the CFO... He asked them, why can't we get an app? And they responded, oh, it's very expensive. It's a lot of work. It's all this. It's all that. And finally, my brother looked at him and goes, this is my brother here. He's got a, a congregation. they got two apps. Don't tell me we can't have an app. 
Not like we were the big, you know, fancy ministry, right? But see, God provided. By the way, they got a nap very soon after. So we have to be willing to step out on faith. When God calls us, you know, He doesn't qualify, He doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. I hate when people, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. You can do whatever you want. If God puts on your heart to do it, and He's calling you to do it, guess what? He's already equipped you to do it. It might take you some time to learn how, you know, Moses had to be out there for a while, ended up with two wives because of it. Or one wife. How many did he get? He got two, didn't he? See? Just testing y'all. See if you read the Bible. Right? But God called him, and look what he did because he was obedient. And just because God told you to do something, does that mean it's going to be easy and glorious? Whoa. If you think so, reread Moses' story, right? He went through some tough times, didn't he? Look at Jacob's life. But through it, God fulfilled his blessing. The promise he made to Abraham comes through those 12 kids. But Jacob had to reconcile with his brother first, didn't he? And after wrestling with God, he was given the name Israel. Because not only did he wrestle with God and wrestle with man, he prevailed. And that's what we really have to remember. Is we're going to make it through, aren't we? We're going to prevail to the other side. Jonah prevailed. He didn't like it very much. He didn't have the best job, did he? Or did he? Because he saved the entire city. It's not what he wanted, right? He, he didn't like the people of Nineveh. Could you imagine God picking your worst enemy and telling you, go, go over there and tell them that I'm going to destroy them? And you know in your heart that if you do that, what are they going to do? They're going to turn to God and he ain't going to do it. But you want him to. Right? Remember, he got up on that hill. He looked down that seat. He was just ready. He wanted to have the best seat of the house to see them get utterly destroyed. That wasn't God's plan, was it? See, sometimes we have to hear the worst to turn back to God. How many stories do you hear people being at their lowest point and then going, Oh, by the way, God's here. But he's here always, right next to us. As I said in last week's sermon, God is right there with us. One of my favorite poems, before, even before I was a believer, was Footsteps of Faith. I had it on my wall, didn't understand it until I became a believer. You ne How many of you have never heard Footsteps of Faith? Raise your hand. Footprints in the, or footprints in the sand. There's a couple different names. About the man walking along the beach. Sees his life history. And he realizes after he looks back, he was walking with another man. He said, 
Why in the lowest points of my life was there only one set of footprints? He cried out to God, where were you when I needed you the most? And the response was very easy. That's when I was carrying you. So many times we think God is not there. We wrestle with Him when in reality He's just saying, ask for the blessing. Don't be afraid. God will get you through whatever you're going through. It's His plan. You might not like how to get through it, but guess what? It's better than being thrown in the belly of a fish, right? For three days. I'm telling you, he stunk. He probably looked like Lazarus after coming out of the tomb for four, three days, right? Going, yep, he was dead, all right. Kind of looked like the idea of how Moses looked, right, when they came down off the mountain. But God will use us just as we are. And that's what the great thing about it is. You know, we're getting ready to celebrate Hanukkah, the miracle of light. How many of y'all are working on your menorahs? December 8th, get them ready. We'll have prizes. Virtuals, get involved. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get to see all your creativity. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just do something... You know, do something from your heart. Be fun. Do something with your kids on it. But that miracle that took place, when the candles that should have stayed lit, stayed lit, it reminded them that God was with them. And even though man tried to kill him, guess what? We won. It's the old sayings, fulfills every Jewish feast. They tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. Right? That's the story of the wrestle. They tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. How many of y'all are hungry now? All right. Bow your head and close your eyes. For those watching online, for those here in the congregation, the only way to overcome is to have your shoe into your heart. And that's a free gift. doesn't cost anything. He takes you just the way you are. If you're ready to say yes to Him, if you're watching online, you see the address on the screen, wherever you are around the world, you can contact us, and we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. But if you're here in the congregation right now, that we head bowed and eye closed, and you're ready to say yes to Him, all you need to do is raise your hand and say a simple prayer. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? Then, Abba Father, we just come before you right now. And Lord, as we go through our trials and tribulations, as we wrestle with you, Lord, Lord, let us not give up until you bless us. 
Lord, we thank you for each and every one here. And Lord, be with us during this holiday season to remember the miracles that you produced. We ask this in your Son Yeshua's name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen.